Welcome back to the podcast. We're continuing with our discussion with Marty Rockland, director of Camp Airy. So Marty, let's pick up with what have you learned about yourself as director of Camp Airy? I've really learned how to appreciate the complexity that is behind a successful summer. I didn't know it. I didn't get it when I was a counselor and had other positions at camp. And of course, I didn't know it when I was a parent on the outside uh, when we sent Lily away to camp. And I had friends who were involved in camp and behind the scenes. But until you're there doing the year-round job and seeing all the things that go into making the 10-month of prep for the two-month party, you just you don't realize it. And it's what would be an example of something like that. Camp is as good as the staff that we hire. So from year to year, as our counselors move on to graduation and their next, their next part of their journey, finding, finding the next group of qualified staff is, is a great challenge, but they, they just don't grow on trees. We get great staff from the CIT program. We get more great staff from the agency in Israel. And another great bunch of staff when we do the European hiring through CCUSA, but to find the next batch of leaders, to make sure we're cultivating them, we're training them, or we're finding, bringing in new people to join the team. That, that happens year-round, and sometimes that great person happens to be a mom or a dad of a new camper, or happens to be a former camper who's now come back around and through twists and turns, ready to return to camp again, or they've become a teacher in their time since they were last at camp. I've uh, often heard that every hour spent vetting a top-notch staff is an hour that pays back tenfold once the summer arrives. You've spent probably hundreds, if not thousands of hours, interviewing people for positions. What is it that you're looking for when you, and you, or what is it when you know you found this is going to work out well for us? What do you see? Successful camp staff members, and this is male or female, young or old, international or domestic, first and foremost, are they willing to do the work? And work's a general term, but work is defined by me. Anything and everything that leads to an answer of, yes, this is good for kids. It could be the fun, glamorous on stage stuff. It could be the grunt work of setting up tables and chairs or going to get seconds or urging kids to finish cleaning up or trudging through mud or logistical things, whatever it may be, but none of us is bigger than any job at camp. And I should be leading that way by example, but hopefully it's a it's a team spirit and attitude that we're in this together and it's all this is happening because it's good for kids. I've spent some time talking to you over the summer sometimes. I'll, I'll visit with you for a little bit. It's usually almost impossible to get some of your time. You're just so busy. But I imagine there are some times when you just need to get a moment to get away, just to have time to actually think about a challenge or an opportunity. Where are your favorite places to go in the campgrounds to just spend some time by yourself? (laughs) My favorite parts of camp, and not necessarily by myself, because a lot of times in camp, just taking the walk to get to the place provides you that time. I'm a big fan of walking our hill, up and down. I I will go both directions new to the team, I I say to them, please find at least one chunk of time a day to do something that keeps fresh and back to roots, happy, engaged. Go back and play. 
If you used to be a counselor in drama, go hang out at drama for a little while and sing along with them in chorus or go to the ball field or go to culinary. Whatever it is you used to do, go do some of that to plug into kids, to play, to recharge. So for me, I hang out by the gym and I jump into a ball game when I can. I will sit in the shallow end and throw lob passes to the basketball net to kids as they're trying to make a great shot. I, I like to walk around and see people. So that kid part of yourself is very active and very important. And, and, and with, a, with a tighter back than I used to have, but yes, <laughs> I, I try to do what I can. There are other moments at camp that are the whole community is involved. What are your, some of your favorite community moments in camp? On the first night of a session, we will do a welcome show. And specifically for the second part of the summer. So this is our week five welcome show. And we'll do a shtick and I'll be on stage and I'll say, where is you today? And you today will clap or make some noise. And I'll be like, I, I can't hear you. Where is you today? And I'll do it louder but boisterous. And I'll say, where is you need to be? And so every unit does some shtick, louder, overly quiet or wacky. But I intentionally miss a group. And kids start yelling at me, you forgot about the rookies. You forgot. No, I didn't. We do the rookies last because they get the biggest ovation and we celebrate these kids coming to camp for the first time in this program and they're sometimes they're small and their eyes are wide and but when there's 500 camp campers and staff cheering for them rooting for them welcoming them it, it just it's so many good things happening simultaneously and i think most folks have figured out by now that we're ramping up to that some kids still think i missed the letter of the alphabet that's that's fine too but I'm proud of us when, that, when that's happening. You instantly make a newcomer feel like they belong, and that's your goal, and that's one of your favorite community uh, moments. And uh, let me say this. We, we've tried to also take uh, our first big appearance for families, in a, and for a lot of them, is open house. So we want an open house to feel like it was a real camp day with the energy and the pomp and circumstance and the right amount of goofy and tender and inclusivity and the way that we've been able to get so much staff up to the mountain for that weekend and especially getting our CITs up as their first real time to shine in front of kids and they play with them on the courts and the playground. I'm real proud of how, how the community comes together for that too. It's a tribute to you, to the traditions, and to their own sense of belonging to a long line of campers who want to continue carrying on those messages. Your job sounds like it can be one day a little bit of this, the next day a little bit of that. If you had to write a job description for yourself, what would it look like? So people ask the question, what do you do? And sometimes I'll say, what, what don't we do? Because there are days where I'm trying to sell a camper on you should come to camp you can do it this is totally something you're going to love to do or i'm helping a parent feel less anxious about sending away the excited camper to camp or i'm having a a friendly debate with my colleagues from camp louise about where to place things on the calendar or we're discussing what vendor to go with to provide the cotton candy and the fireworks or we're figuring out the next the next cool activity to promote as we build up the summer Sometimes I feel like I'm the mayor of a small town because we've got food service and utilities and medicine and activities and 
night times and day times and all kinds of simultaneous programming happening. And I like to walk around and make sure the citizens are happy and well, and well taken care of. Sometimes I feel like I'm the chief cheerleader and I'm saying, add a boy and add a girl and picking kids up and not physically, I'm not that strong, but picking up spirits <laughs> if it's been a couple hot days in a row or a couple rainy days in a row. If we've had a week in camp and I know that the pool's been really taxed due to hot weather, can I get down to them and say, thanks for what you're doing and get them snowballs or ices or a couple of those gigantic big gulps from sheets or just to let them know that we're thinking of you and gosh you're working hard and, and and we notice that it matters things like that so there's not a singular description of what you do at any moment it can run the gamut from administrator attending to details making sure something occurs on time to psychologist and nurse and physician and cheerleader and teacher and shortstop and uh, whatever else it might be. Well, I'll say this. One thing I have to do is pay attention. And I say that because there's so many talented people who can be problem solvers on our team that if I'm paying attention, I can connect the problem area to the solution person and get things resolved for people. That's, that's a real satisfying and important part of the job, too. So can you tell me some of the traits or even some moments that you admired some of the things that your staff can do? Do you remember any times or can you think about some moments where you said, wow, I, I didn't know they could, they could do this or they're really good at this? So I'll start with Rachel, our assistant director. I didn't know... Because we talk to other camps and other camp colleagues about mm -hmm. what they do at their camp. And a lot of these camps have a, a, a big tradition and culture in Israeli dancing. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it's not going to fly with us. It's not going to happen. It's, it sounds great and whatever. And then along comes Rachel, who joined our staff in 2017. And she gets up in front of the entire camp on a Friday night during song session. And within... A few beats of a song, the entire camp is following her lead. And it's grown from a one-song, one-time shtick to a Friday night, we must have dancing, and they call for certain songs, and they will holler and, and, and chant and scream before the song comes out, and it's, and it's amazing. And I didn't know that she could lead like that. I didn't know that we could perform like that. And it was, it just, it blew my mind. I've seen guys and girls take the stage and they're mild-mannered in the other parts of their day. Matt Anderson, who is a very mild-mannered and proper and classically sounding British gentleman, plays an electric violin and just brings the house down. And you would know from looking at him that he has this amazing sound coming out of his instrument. And it's just, it's so cool. And it, when swim counselors can play drums and when, when the people you think just play an instrument are superstars on a basketball court. There's, there's, there's so much crossover of ability and skills and interests that I'm glad we don't pigeonhole people because they can do so much more than one thing. They sound inspiring to you in your job, and it sounds like you learn from them every day as well. You've mentioned from time to time in our discussion today about parents. Managing and being aware of parent concerns I think is probably a big part of your job. It's been said uh, more and more frequently that parents aren't always present in the most important moment in a child's life. 
because they can't always be there, even though sometimes they probably want to. What have you seen and heard that might support that notion? What do parents report back to you that after camp, they're surprised that their child can now do fill in the blank? And, and those are some of the best emails and phone calls that we get. It'll be parents writing in to, just because. I mean, it's, it's great to hear and it's great to read that their child now connects with his friends on a different level than he did before camp. That, you know, maybe a group of kids have become close as bunkmates leading up to bar mitzvah year. And then when they come to the bar mitzvah time and the traveling and the going to all ends of the of the earth to be at each other's events and the sleepovers and the pictures that they pose with and the group motis that happen when they come to Kala at the parties. That, that tells me that they've they've connected with each other, they've taken part of their camp Jewish experience home with them, and it's and it's resonating. Uh, I had a mom talk to me on the phone the other day where she said, I happened to be at a bar mitzvah the week before and I was asked to help lead Hamozi and I asked the bar mitzvah boy ahead of time, can we do a camp style? He said, sure. So his 13, 14 buddies came up with me, and they took the mic, and they led Motsi camp style. And my mom called me and said, we saw what you guys did, and we did it at our bar mitzvah. And then they did one of the songs from services. And so it just, that just it tickles me. It's, it's great. It's got to be one of the most rewarding parts of what you do is seeing and hearing that you have an impact. You spend a lot of time with kids. Can you share some memories of some of the funniest things that kids have ever said to you, <laughs> campus ever shared with you? One of my favorite stories to tell, because it's, it's a feather in my cap, is my first summer as director. Uh, I knew a camper a little bit, and it was dad and mom and more. Came to camp, and he was, he's like many of us were. He was a, an awkward fifth grade, sixth grade boy, kind of figuring out himself and his, his arms and legs and what he could do. And his parents came to get him after two weeks, and I remember before camp, dad was calm and collected, and mom was nervous about it. They came to get him, and all of a sudden, I got called on the radio. I said, I came over to the porch, what do you need? Two more weeks. Well, that just, that made my day as a director that a camper had said to his parents, you came to camp to get him, I don't want to go. And so we worked it out, he stayed in the bunk, he stayed four weeks, he became a consistent for a week or after that. Uh, he's gonna be a trainee this year, and so I'm thrilled that that kind of thing happens. I mean, camp brings out such neat parts. I remember as a counselor, there was an acoustical band in our bunk called the Dust Balls. And they sang songs about inspection and the slop bucket and walking the hill. And recently, there was a, a social media thing happening or one of my blog posts and I referenced the Dust Balls. And I went on Facebook and I found the band members and I got all the names of the kids and we put up the track, we posted it somewhere. And just those kind of things. Just, they were camp legends. They couldn't really play anything that well, but they were cheered for, standing ovations. And it was just, it was so cool. that In a camp setting, they were rock stars. And it's, it stuck with us all, I guess that was probably early 90s, for 25 years. It sounds like they were having the time of their they life. Were. It didn't matter what they were doing it. It just mattered they were doing it, and they were in charge of their own world at that time. You've also talked to parents from time to time. There are, certainly it's been said that rates of things like anxiety and depression are up among school-age children and teens. Kids are stressed out more and more. Can you talk about any of the most poignant things you've ever 
heard about a camper, a camper shared with you, or a parent perhaps? We do hear from parents that their campers are nervous about meeting new people. If they're coming to camp and they don't know anybody, who's going to, oh, will they be nice to him? Will they make friends? Those kind of things. We have had parents who share with us that the school year may have been challenging, and we're hoping that he'll be able to come to camp and kind of get away from some of that, whether it was hard academics or social challenges or whatever it is, and find find a comfort and a, and a, and a reprieve uh, in the summertime. And what I try to say to them is, thank you for reaching out. Tell us about your son and what we can do to make him feel great about his camp experience, whether it's setting up parents and kids to meet and talk before a camp session starts, or offering kind of a one-on-one tour of camp, putting the videos about this is going to be your new setting, this is going to be where things are, are happening. Those days, I, I say joke with parents all the time. I'll have a cooler, younger version of me call you or meet you and talk about camp with your family. I've gone to people's houses and said, what do you want to know? What are you nervous about? Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's the showers. Sometimes it's camp outs. It's these, it's these first time alone things that come up a lot. And once you can put them at ease that other kids have been there, done that, and they keep coming back for the summer, and you've got staff in place to take care of you and support you, and you can be happy at camp and miss something at home. They can coexist together, and I do, and I've been at ground camp forever, and we, we, we take off the edge, and we set them up for success in camp, I hope. It seems sometimes that kids can be almost terrified about making a mistake, not being able to do something the right way, not knowing how it's done, because they've never been allowed to make those mistakes. Uh, it seems like what you provide them with is a, an opportunity to make as many mistakes as you want, and we're here to help you learn from the mistakes, because as you and I both know, experience is the best teacher. It also sounds like with the campers, you give them what's kind of called a sense of agency, that they're in control of their experience because it's their experience, it's not their parents' experience, it's not their teacher's experience, it's not their sibling's experience, it's their own experience. What have you noticed when you see a camper take charge of their own experience? I think we see, right before our eyes, we see campers, and maybe it's Maybe it's in my imagination, but maybe it's also physically happening. I think kids will walk taller. I think they'll feel more uh, ready to take on a challenge because they're in a supportive group of 10, 12 bunk mates. Uh, I think because camp is around the clock 24-7, you can have a bump in the road in the morning and have climbed over it and succeeded by dinner time, and you're celebrating it and you're basking in the glory of having you know, met a challenge. And that challenge can be in a number of places. It could be on a ball field. It could be with a peer and a conflict over who did the right inspection job. It could be learning to be in the deep water. All those things can happen. And the instant cheering section, or as needed, support network. If something doesn't go right the first time, it's built in and it's great. You know, we, we talk about failure, and somebody smart shared with me that if you look at the word fail as an acronym for first attempt in learning, that boy, camp is a great environment for that to happen. 
you have to let kids experience stressful situations. You, actually, you don't steer them away from them. You encourage them to find a way to get through. And it seems like uh, you have great success with, with that often. You live in a, a larger community, but you're also, sometimes camp is referred to as a, as a second family for so many people. Just like sometimes some kids, they find a second family at home. It could be a relative or a neighbor or a friend's family. You even described some of that yourself when you were a kid. Just a place to hang out. And it's in that new family that children kind of watch, watch other people so they can learn more about the greater world. Have you seen any times where camp really has become that second family? I think, not that it isn't a special place for lots of people, but I think if you, let's take it, start with an international staff member who finds us randomly at a job fair on a college campus and comes to us not knowing anyone and then is still around three, four summers later, we've done something to connect with him or her done something to make them feel like they're not a stranger, that they can contribute, that they are valued, that they can achieve here, succeed, aspire to a new position. Uh, that's all possible, Kim. And I think it's similar to how we have an approach with our campers is you can come to camp, you can invent your experience, pursue what you want to pursue. There are, are no limits to what challenges will help you pursue. And in that I know from a school background, you know from the educational realm that learning doesn't occur when it's easy. Learning occurs when there is some a challenge in front of you, but also with the support to get to the challenge. Yeah, it might have been zone of proximal development a long, long time ago, and they've been called scaffolding, and those all those big words are in my head. But I know that it needs to be a little bit hard. But you also got to support people on their journey to get there. And I think that's what feels comfortable. There's also a camaraderie. I think when you all of a sudden you have 10 bunkmates who in many ways are viewed as brothers. And as you get older and you go from the bunk perspective to the unit-wide perspective, our trainees view themselves as two, three bunks of brothers. They are tied together. And the term CIT brothers, CIT sisters, if it's Camp Louise, has been in, in the vernacular for a long time. It's it's the continuity, it's the knowing you're welcome to come back. It is the familiar mixed in with what new challenges can I push myself to pursue. And then I go back to the staff. Because we have some staff turnover every year, there will always be a new dynamic at work at camp. There will always be someone new to help us see a different view of things. I think that makes it better for kids to know what else is out there. It seems like you encourage people to make their own decisions for themselves. And you also sound like uh, that you're very aware if you want someone to do something well, you have to be comfortable with them doing it poorly at first. That's how they learn. And it sounds like uh, as an educator, as a camp director, you're well aware of that and you're there to kind of be there just in case anything is needed. So much happens at camp and every day. But um, I also wanted to get to something else. We had a moment now, Marty. It seems like whenever you and I spend time together, a shared interest in sports usually comes up somewhere in the conversation. As we're taping this episode, the podcast right now, it's college basketball season. And like you, I've spent a few hours following the road to the Final Four. I've often watched ESPN's College Game Day experience. It generally takes place at some campus site that's hosting a big game that day. And I really enjoyed Jay Billis's rapid-fire question-and-answer interviews. 
with some of the players and coaches. He calls it 94 feet with Jay Billis. But because we're not a visual medium, so no one can actually see us walking the 94-foot length of a basketball court, I thought we would change it up just a little bit. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to spend 94 seconds with Marty Rockland. And you can take as long as you need, by the way, to answer the questions because no one is really timing us. Yep. Ready? Ready. Your favorite snack food? Pretzels. Your favorite decade for great music and, or in your opinion, what's the best song ever? I'm an 80s guy, and you will get me tapping my foot to Eye of the Tiger. Can you share a moment about a most enjoyable, and gratifying, and memorable experience that you had as a kid yourself? So many of my great memories from growing up happened at camp. Any um, one moment particularly popped to mind right now? I can remember being in bunks with friends when the Olympics would come around, and I knew we were the four-man relay team that was not to be messed with. And we were undefeated for many a summer, and I, I'm very proud of, of that accomplishment. Do you remember who the four-man relay team members were? I do. Jeff Kessler, Andy Rifkin, myself, and Ryan Hodgkiss. You sound like quite a formidable opponent for sure. What's your best Baltimore sports memory? When the Ravens were in the playoffs trying to get to their first Super Bowl, I remember watching the game against Tennessee with my, my, my buddy Ross. We were at Ross's uh, then apartment in Bethesda. And there was the blocked kick scooped up and returned for a touchdown. I remember Ross and I screaming to each other, is that legal? Can they do that? And they scored. Uh, there's, there's another sports memory. I'm also a Wizards then Bullets fan. And there was a game once upon a time at the old Cap Center, Bullet Sixers, and Mel Proctor was the announcer on TV. And the call that I, I could call Ross right now and call another buddy Andrew right now, and I could start the quote and they would finish it for me. And Proctor goes, Barkley for three! And it goes in, and then it's dead silence. Because <laughs> Sixers win. Memory's both good and That's not correct. so good. That's correct. What's the best part of being a dad? Best part of being a dad is is having a partner in crime for silly, corny jokes and a love of pizza and kind of wackadoodle irony puns that we, we share together. Most interesting book or article you recently read? So I'm reading a couple of books right now. I'm reading one book professionally, which is called Radical Candor, and it's by a real talented, I don't know if she's a writer or a boss or an executive named Kim Scott, and she's real good at that. And so I'm enjoying that book to better myself as, as a boss and as a manager. I picked up a book the other day right around my birthday, about the juxtaposition of Aerosmith and Run DMC when they came out with the Walk This Way reboot in the mid-80s. 
I, I think the book is called Walk This Way. I have to go double check the jacket cover. So I've been reading those just for, for fun. And then, you know, I, I, I try to be, I try to read um, some, some campy things too. I try to read up what's happening in the industry and keep up with best practices around. The ACA does a good job of sending smart things out. Sounds like you have some very diverse interests. Next question. The trait in others that you find most unpleasant? Lateness. Is that a trait? Can be, okay. sure. <laughs> People would be surprised to know that you... I don't like lots of fuss about myself. I like fuss. I like the fuss over people. I like a big time. I don't like it to be about me. The first time you remember, and also perhaps the last time you were reminded about the joy and satisfaction of taking care of children. What sticks out for me, when my niece finished her first summer at Camp Louise, and she was asked by my sister, you want to go back? I want to go back for a hundred weeks. So I know we've done a good job when, when that had happened. I'm sure you've had more than a few, but can you tell me about at least one best day ever? So there's, there's a few. I know, you know, I know my wedding day and Lily's, you know, day Lily was born were great days, but they're fuzzy days because you're, it's hard to remember them detail by detail. I can tell you this from, from, a, from a personal pride perspective, but when I was announced that I was incoming director in March of 2014, it was hard not to feel like a big shot that day. It was the number of people who had nice things to say, I knew you'd always come back, don't leave school, just so many nice things were said that it just, it, it put in perspective for me that hard work you've tried to do over time, it, people were noticing and, and appreciating it. And so I was, I was personally and professionally very, very, very tickled that day. I could go on and on, but the clock says we're about running out of time. Anything before we wrap up? It's, it's interesting to be proud and humbled by, proud of and humbled by the job you have because some real giants of camp, you know, held the job before I did. You know, I, I had a chance to know Ed and Mike and Rick, you know, pretty well. And so to have the job that they've had, they had as camp director is, it's kind of awesome and an overpowering, what are you doing kind of thing. <laughs> Alicia and I will joke lots of times to each other, who put us in charge? <laughs> <laughs> because we know that, you know, we're, it's, it's our turn. I don't want to speak for, for her, but I, I think I can, I can guess. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to be the ones holding the baton of camp at this time. And it carried through, you know, all things go well to the hundred and beyond. And to do it with friends and when your friends' kids now go to camp. And that's it's just, it's a really, it's a really great feeling. My sense is, Marty, that you'll be etched into the Mount Rushmore camp area as well. I want to thank you so much. And as I always do, I've enjoyed every moment of the conversation. I know others will as well. So thanks.